Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Oh my god, we're live. Folks, it's V, it's Velas, it's CJ, and you know what it is, it's Friday. Velas is back to break down a whole bunch of stuff. It's going to be crazy out there till the midterms, folks. Craziness is an understatement, Velas. Craziness is an understatement. You can find Velas over at the Discord channel. Uh, if you need to get on the Discord, just email CJ, and uh, he will email you a link. You click on the link, you join the Discord, create yourself a username, and join in the discussion. With that being said, Wellis, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, man, just Discord be a pop a hopping. Uh, uh, our folks are just uh, blowing the doors off that uh, site, and then uh, Hobo's created his own page. God love him. Hobo's the man. And uh, God, I man, he's been spinning the tunes. He's got a couple of categories there of of different types of music, and uh, yeah, it's been. Uh, it's been good. And Frank's yeah. page as well on Discord's been uh, well, Frank's page on Discord's still running. Uh, <laughs> even, <laughs> even though he said he was gonna switch over. So but yeah, how are you guys doing? I'm doing good, man. You know, I mean this weekend is the Indianapolis five hundred. I'm going to go there to protest uh the fossil, fossil fuels. Burning, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fossil burning fuel cars and all the environmental damage that they're doing and and I'm gonna protest uh, you know, white supremacy, you know, because racing is racist. <laughs> You know, the, the word racing racist. has racist in it. Yeah. Right. Ever since uh, Danica Patrick left, it's racist. It's, everything's been racist. Oh, that's sexist, too. I'm gonna. I'm also going <laughs> to be wearing my pussy hat there. And I'm going to be, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, protesting for women's rights. Equal pay. Equal pay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so we've got... Uh... Got quite a week on our hands, and and it was uh, off topic for today, but it was hot off the presses uh, late last night and this morning. So I'll raise it. Um, a number of you may recall from our prior show talking about how, uh, at least in my opinion, much like 1956 in Hungary, um, Russian forces when they first entered Ukraine cut off the main body of Ukrainian military in the uh, southwest of the country uh, as they continued military operations in the in the eastern portions of Ukraine. And they've, you know, been squeezing them off from supplies and communications and similar. So now it came out, even the Washington Post this morning, saying that Ukrainian forces want to surrender. Yep. Uh, they don't feel there's any point in continuing to fight. And, of course, that also goes to help explain why, um, uh, not Kissinger, who am I thinking of? Or was it Kissinger? Well, it was, yeah, it was Kissinger offering an off-ramp. I mean, Kissinger is right. irrelevant when you look at the, like, in terms of Russia, China, what it is in the modern sense, Kissinger's irrelevant. But to these old deep state apparatchiks, Kissinger still holds a warm place. And even the young, the young bloods of the, uh, of the incompetent deep state that we have today, 
they they were mad at Kissinger that he would even mention surrender. Right. But, you know, to me, he was telegraphing because as we raised here, I mean, it again, if you're reading the right sources, if you're talking to the right people, it was it was obvious more than a month and a half ago where this was going. It was just oh, a yeah. function of time, um, not to be indelicate, but I mean, Russia's military is not known for its restraint. So they were they were exercising massive restraint, which meant which meant there was a reason. So his his offer, no doubt, was to get that up the flagpole quickly because they they knew what was coming. So with that, today's uh, show, and I am doing my best to make sure that I post in advance on uh, the future show um, channel and the Vela's channel uh, a day or so prior what what I'm going to be covering. Uh, today's show, we got chatter on our overlords, the pandemic treaty from the World Health Organization, the Sussman trial, Dr. Mary's monkey, uh, some Patrick Ryan news, and then a big chunk on President Obama. I will not have time this week for the websites. Uh, I will return to the website piece next week. I've already got a bunch picked out. And then this week's Song of Resistance, which I've already posted, is from the band Slade. Uh, a good good bunch of boys from Scotland and, and England. Uh, back in the 80s, the song My Oh My. Uh, if you listen to the lyrics, folks, you'll understand why, why I chose that one. So... Both in the the alternative media and our Discord postings on our page and Frank's page, uh, things have been rather vigorous out there about the goings-on in Davos. And there was an article on Blacklisted News uh, by an author who was digging into Bill Gates' latest book and, you know, read the book and noted how blatant and in-your-face Gates was about what he thinks of the average person. Oh, and I wouldn't wonderful. say the author. I wonder what he said. Well I wonder what this entitled computer nerd, the son of a eugenicist, son of a bitch, what does he have to say? Just just a whole lot of obedience by the rest of us. Um, but, you know, the, the author, I wouldn't use the word shocked, but he was very taken aback by how, how blatant Gates was in his book. And others on our Discord channels, as well as in the alternative media, have been discussing the comments by Pfizer's CEO that, you know, we've almost got the RFID ready uh, as long as you swallow the pill. It'll determine whether or not you're going to be allowed to walk through the door at your local grocery store. Klaus Schwab and the list goes on. And I wanted to offer the following, which is when my Eastern European relatives first fled to this country and were trying to stay warm uh, in Milwaukee winters back in the 1930s, there was a common sentiment around the table, which was, and I quote, dictators will always tell you what they're going to do. The problem is who's listening and who's going to act. And at the time that my relatives used to talk about that, they were referencing Franco of Spain, Hitler, Mussolini, Tojo in Japan, and even Stalin. So in today's world, we have the World Economic Forum, the London Corporation, private equity, and a whole host of other actors, but not much has changed. On the subject of a Hillary presidency, just for clarity, if you wanted to know what a Hillary presidency would have looked like back in... Uh, 2016 or so, uh, you've got it right now with Joe Biden. Uh, she would have been handed the same three-by-five card he's executing right now. So if anybody's wondering, this this is what her presidency would have looked like. Um, it's wonderful. Reality check. Uh, I was listening to comments by Klaus Schwab and others at Davos, and they've been laughing a lot during Q&A sessions about various conspiracy theories concerning them and discrediting anyone who's criticizing them. Um, this is the reality check. The World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and countless other organizations out there are still speaking in terms of their uh, current and future plans for the global community and the economy. 
begs the question, and your authority comes from where? Who elected you? Did, did the United Nations at least give you a hall pass? This is classic PSYOP. Anybody who criticizes you, you use inflamed language. You know, are you, are you still beating your wife kind of questions where there's, there's no yes or no answer that, that you can use? Uh, everybody's conspiracy theorists for accusing them of exactly what they're saying. Please see Bill Gates' book. On the uh, World Health Organization pandemic treaty, because I know there's, there's a lot of chatter out on this, and I know a fan of our shows who's very keen in the legal community has a very distinct view on this, and he's right. Um, if the United States signs off on that treaty, and if the Senate should vote on it, and I don't think the Senate would ever even pass it, but there's still no legal authority. Um, we'd need, honest to God, we'd need a rogue show, maybe half of a rogue show, just to walk you through what your legal tools are. If anybody tries to do anything to you personally based on somebody trying to enforce a World Health Organization uh, set of guidance on U.S. citizens, constitutionally, no international non-governmental organization or NGO has any authority over your person. Key word, your person. Now, for those of you who've attended some of the prior uh, conference calls we were having on Sundays at 7 o'clock, uh, when we were doing those with the aforementioned person. Um, this this is the kind of mental hurdle I know was hard for some people about dealing with your kids in the schools because the language I'm about to use kind of comes across as somewhat um, derogatory or can be interpreted as derogatory, and it's not. But it's about the law. And again, the law doesn't care what you want or what you don't want. The law only cares about what the law says. So when I talk about your person, your kids are legally your property, like livestock. Now, right. I'm being a bit flamboyant when I say that, but the net of it is, is under the law, your children, until they reach 18, are your property. So if someone's doing something to your kids, whether it's uh, content being presented to them, physical harm, whatever it might be, your property is being harmed. You don't go in there talking about your rights. You don't go in there talking about right or wrong. You don't go in there talking about the criminal record of the gym teacher that hit your kid. You go in there talking about your property's been harmed. The legal community will never explain to you this is the way things are. But it's the same thing here. If the World Health Organization or any jagoff in the U.S. Uh, government or similar starts trying to do anything to you, your property is being harmed, number one. Number two, an extra governmental organization of the U.S. government has no authority over you, period. That's the U.S. Constitution. So don't freak out about this again, like a lot of things. They're trying to rattle people's cages, get the conservatives all riled up because uh, you're letting the UN and the World Health Organization do stuff, get liberals all riled up. The truth is in the middle. Don't hey, don't get no, distracted by no, that. If I could pause you just for a minute, because, you know, just to push back on that just a little bit, let's let's not forget, though, OK, that that mandates were not legal either. Mm mandates are not legal but yet what happened to our society so i think i think there's a grayer and, and it is are the mandates were they a precedent and watching how society fell so compliant so i think there lies the rub within that so hopefully that makes sense it does and equally i'm going to push back you're absolutely right people followed the mandates and the mandates had no legal authority and if you talk to any of the lawyers I've been speaking to, you talk to our friend of the show, you talk to folks that are on Discord who are winning legal cases, you look at what's going on with these military cases being brought 
by multiple service branches and what's going on at the Air Force Academy. It has no legal basis. If you have the right lawyer making the right argument, you will win because the body of of legal victors are there. I got a lawyer in my home state has already won eight cases in three different states. It's gotten to the point now that if he even walks in the door, judge is like, we're not even going here. You don't even stand a chance. Whatever the hell this guy wants, just, just go along with it. Will they let the rest of the public know that that's the avenue by which you can protect your rights? Absolutely not. And yes, they'll continue to try and make people believe that mandates have legal authority. They have no legal authority. It's got to come from a judge. And if it does come from a judge, now you can take it to court. And now you can even go after the judge for judicial misconduct. The the problem here is people do not understand how the system works. And I don't fault folks for that because, as I've often said on other shows, I've been in and out of the courts for 25, 30 years. Who in the hell in their right mind wants to do that? But the net of it is, is I've learned a lot about how this works. And, and I completely agree with you, CJ. We've got a lot of folks that believe that it's like, well, I guess I got to do this. And it's like, well, but you don't. And here's why. Yep, bingo. We, we can we can have a show with the right kind of people. We got to get the right kind of people on the show. But we, I know who they are. The question is whether or not they'll appear. And uh, this this is the reason why. Hold on. Yeah, this is the reason why. Also, that it's so vitally important that the average American is educated on what constitutional laws are. Number one, educated on economics, and 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 be educated all around in terms of how government functions. I remember being a kid in high school, I had to take a participation in government class. You remember those fellas? PSG yes. classes, right? They don't they don't have those anymore. You know, they, they, those are gone. So this is why it's so vital at the end of this or somebody someone it's a you cannot keep a republic and you don't have a vigilant citizenry. It doesn't work. And this is why, like you said, man, it's like it's like you got these stupid mandates and people go along with it like it's law. Yeah. And CJ, to your point, I mean, the, the danger is I don't want to use the inflammatory language of the Karens, but but it's like the danger is somebody trying to hit you over the head at a grocery store because you're not wearing a mask. You know, the, the danger to your person is real because we've got a bunch of drones out there who just don't know any damn better. But to me, it's no different than people who have never read the Bible, but quote from the Bible frequently. I mean, it's like, do you, do you understand that passage in context, whatever the heck it is you're quoting out of the Bible? Do you yes, understand, do you understand yes. the, the history behind the people who wrote that particular book of the Bible? No different than people who quote from the Quran. I've, I've had many a friend make quotes out of the Quran where I'm like, well, hang on a minute. Let me go grab my copy because it's right here on my bookshelf next to my desk. And if you read the section before that surah, it actually says this. So it's been taken out of context. But yes, the danger the danger is real by people who will try and enforce mandates, not understanding what that actually is. Um, Gus's show on uh, Wednesday was was a little short, but you know it's like an espresso. Thirty minutes of Gus is still thirty minutes of Gus. Um, the topic of possible conflict in the United States came up again. I just want to recap from my other show. Uh, conflict has many meanings, and this is not 1861, and Fort Sumter was not just fired upon. Um, conflict will not be military on our streets, although if that were to happen, we have a whole other problem. Um, there will be protests on both sides. Uh, the normal warning of caution, if you love January 6th, just keep in mind these folks know how to set you up. 
Uh, it will involve the courts to our earlier narrative. And that's why people need to understand what your legal rights actually are and how, how you do this. To that point, on next week's show, I was going to cover it today, but we, we have to get into the Obama topic and we just didn't have the time. Um, I've got a number of websites uh, that both provide you guidance on here's how you bring a complaint against the FBI, a sitting judge, a federal agency, et cetera, then the websites of where you submit those. Because that's that's half of it. Because you can't just say, well, this lawyer is an asshole. You can't, you can't do that. When I went against the guy in Michigan, uh, I, I included and attached documentation out of court cases and other things that had been submitted into the official record by that attorney, which because you, you have to submit it in a legal-like way. But it did result in him being uh, reprimanded by his colleagues and entire areas of law that guy no longer that guy no longer practices. So on this thing about conflict here in the states, and I know it's easy to say, well, you got to educate yourself. That's that's kind of a loaded a loaded statement, as though the three of us sitting here have have the answers. We we don't always. We've got some of the answers, and we have others out there who do. But as I often say, we're a chorus of voices, and eventually we'll get in tune. Um, there are a number of good websites out there that you can reference on how to do various things legally. In fact, I would tell you that a number of those types of websites are becoming more prevalent, especially after the COOF and the school board thing, where folks are learning how to fight, which, you know, I hate to say that, but that's classic warfare. People are learning how to fight more effectively. The other thing, as I'm fond of saying, is uh, send an email or pick up a phone. Find a good, uh, not necessarily a good attorney, go find a good law school professor. And ask them for an hour of their time and ask them what they recommend you read or review. There's a number of law schools out there you could, you could trust better than others. Uh, Hillsdale is a good one. Uh, there's also Notre Dame. There's, there's a number of other schools. There's some good community colleges out there that have not just people teaching pre-law, because you don't need the full-blown legal program. You just need to find a good pre-law professor. But talk to those folks. you got some folks working in community colleges who practice, practice law especially at things locally, you might find that they've got some good insights. Um, so just a thought. Um, but don't let them determine the battlefield for you. You need to work as best as you can to make, make the battlefield where you want it. Um, not our imagination on supply chains. Uh, we've been speaking to supply chain issues for more than a year now. Um, in case any of you have wondered, no, it's not your imagination. Uh, the Discord channel, we've got a number of times folks have posted various documents and things or links to folks out there who've kind of made it their hobby, who are tracking food production facilities uh, and others who've encountered damage. Uh, it's not a handful of sites. It's, do it's dozens. Vela, I, have, I have something for you. I don't know if you caught this or not. There's been reports all over the country. Freightliner trucking yards are being targeted and yes. Parts from trucks are being stolen, immobilizing the trucks from carrying any transport on top of all the other crap that's going on with the supply chain that just further exacerbates everything. You are correct, sir. They're what they're doing is, is they're removing the computer modules out of the trucks because um, the computer modules contain a number of precious metals, no different than the catalytic converter topic we were talking about previously. However, the head scratcher on this one, folks, is most commercial class eight over the road trucks have those types of computer modules. So why are Freightliner trucks being targeted? In my opinion, 
because Freightliner has a very considerable footprint out there on the road. Uh, yes, Mac has a number of trucks. Peterbilt has a number of trucks. Kenworth has a number of trucks. But when you look at large trucking fleets, and especially speaking again purely because I'm out here in the Midwest, you look at Chicago and Indiana and Ohio and Pennsylvania, where a number of, of truck transport uh, carriers are located, they have, have a large number of trucks that they've purchased in bulk. You'll tend to find many of those are Freightliners. So just a thought, but yes, well, well, well pointed out V yet another, another hit we're taking. Um, I talked about on a prior show that there's three types of fertilizer uh, used commercially. Uh, there's, there's one that's made out of uh, natural gas. There's another one made out of, I forget what, and another one they make out of a substance called potash or, or potash. Depending on how you want to pronounce uh, nitrogen it. ones. Yes. Thank you. Um, so what happened this week? Well, a giant, uh, giant, very long train transporting a huge amount of potash derailed in Canada. So that's out, out of you know what's out killing of the loop. me. Here's what's killing me. At one point, I mean, for the last year or so, you've been coming out of here over a year at this point, fellas, banging on the supply chain issues. At what point do people's brains start seeing a pattern, but yet they don't make the connection? Like, this is siege warfare, man. You can't have this many coincidences that are happening. Rail sabotage, derailment, uh, truck parts being stolen, uh, refrigeration issues with the refrigeration carts, right? Food processing plants catching fire. At what point do we have to admit to ourselves that this is siege warfare brought upon us in order to starve. They are salting the fields right now, Velas. They're salting the fields. Yes. Yes, they are. Um, the other thing I would, I would carry on from the thing about the, the train that derailed in Canada. Um, global dictators will always tell you what they're going to do. Listen, listen to our overlords in Davos. Specifically, where am I going with that? The statement that even for me was a little bit of a, what did you just say? <laughs> Which were the statements coming out of Davos at the beginning of those meetings where they said, we cannot allow nation state actors to get in the way of this plan simply because of the pain it's going to cause as we switch to a digital economy. I mean, again, they're, they're saying flat out what they think they're going to do. So shifting gears to the Sussman trial, uh, also known as the Durham trial. Um, a few thoughts about Durham's co uh, court case against Sussman. Number one, the true purpose of that case may be discovery uh, as much as the case itself, because it's going to reveal other hidden elements about what was taking place. This is, this is the case about people working for the Hillary campaign um, who had been influencing the FBI to bring investigations against former President Trump, et cetera, et cetera. So we got to see how the case goes and proceeds, what are the witnesses come and how this ends to kind of give us a better idea about what, what Durham may be planning. Second item is, is the minute you put people legally on the witness stand, all the public relations chatter and Twitter feeds in the world mean nothing. Many of these witnesses have licenses in the legal community or they're registered as lobbyists in D.C. All of that can be at risk depending on how they answer questions because there's uh, – uh, uh, there's a number of folks who've been shocked, <laughs> shocked, I tell you, shocked by 
I wouldn't use the word roll over, but how quickly some of these folks who their bosses or those who hang out with them or associate with them have been saying, this isn't going nowhere. Uh, Donald Trump is Satan, you know, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, they're on the witness stand and it's like, they're all, they're, they're doing the thing you never do in court. They're offering information. Oh, I've got a lot more to say about this. It's like, yeah, I bet you do because you're, you're looking at somebody doing exactly what we've been talking about on this show. Now this may sound weird, but if you're a lawyer, and you get on the witness stand in Durham's trial against Sussman, and you contradict yourself. That is legal evidence. It's in the public domain. You can file a friend of the court action, or you can file a friend of the attorney review board action with an attorney review board, wherever that, that attorney is licensed to practice law, and say, here, I think you need to investigate them. So never underestimate legal discovery. The other thing is, or the final comment on that point is, there's already enough detail that's come out that can enable people. Again, the problem is who's going to do it. But it's like there's enough data that's already come out. There's a number of people whose professional licenses to do what they do can, can be challenged. You can, you can file formal complaints. Now, will they lose their licenses? No, but kind of like the deal I ran into with, with the attorney in Michigan. Uh, can you impair and impede their ability to, in in his case, practice law in certain areas? Yeah, because because he knew darn well if he ever did that again in that type of case, and somebody else filed a complaint with the attorney review board, he probably would have lost his license for life. It does it does happen. It, it's why John Grisham, folks, has been able to make a career out of writing books about the legal community because his one main premise of a lot of Grisham books is the one thing. That lawyers, be they what they will, there's one thing lawyers can never do. They can never harm the profession, and they can never mess with their clients' money. I know that sounds weird, but that was the whole point of the Tom Cruise movie where he's explaining at the end of the film to the mafia guy that he's like, look, you have attorney-client privilege. I can't talk to the FBI about you, but you've been screwed over by my law firm because we've been overcharging you. I mean, it sounds weird, but I mean, lawyers will not allow other lawyers to to harm the racket that they're in, and they they will not allow you to mess with your client's money. Those are two things that will get them out of their chair immediately. Hey, uh, CJ, did you want to play that clip from Davos? Yeah, it's 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 a good little recap uh, that 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 Jesse does. It's only a few minutes, and we'll we'll stop sure. uh, before you know Rand starts commenting. So here we go. Hundreds of gas-guzzling private jets took off this week as billionaires from all over the world jetted off to Davos, Switzerland for the ritzy and glamorous World Economic Forum, a week-long event for the ruling class to talk down to the rest of us. And it's not for everybody. It's an invite-only event. And once you do get in, they divide you by class. You get a white badge with a blue line if you're rich enough. You just get a white badge if you're married to someone important. Or if you're just a part of someone's entourage, you get an ugly green badge. You're not good enough. Wow. I did not know that. Together, And they have their own little police state to make sure these people are focused on ruling the world. If you're not from CNN or the New York Times and you show up uninvited, they'll probably arrest you. And it's all headed up by a guy named Klaus Schwab, who's pretty much running a one-world government here. He kicked off the week by saying the future is theirs, not yours. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us, by a powerful community as you here in this room. 
We have the means to improve the states of the world. And the way they start is by tracking you. If you go deep in the weeds and what these people are saying at this place, they're openly scheming up some of the craziest plans you'll ever hear of, like tracking your carbon footprint. We're developing through technology an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Hmm. Stay tuned. You heard it. The one world government wants to keep tabs on what you eat and where you go. All because John Kerry's a little mad that your cheeseburger is wiping out part of the population. <laughs> People forget greenhouse gases are pollution. And 15 million people a year die because of the quality of the air around the world. We're, 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 we're dealing with a crisis here, folks. It's a, a crisis. brain looking for a haircut. Or a haircut looking for a brain. Before jetting off across the world on those private jets, emitting all that carbon. But to them, they have more important things to focus on, like preventing the next pandemic, since it worked out so well last time. If it comes 10 years from now, we should have far, far better diagnostic technology. That is, be able to scale up every country within a month uh, to diagnose their entire population. We're a little distracted right now, so getting the debate going uh, is happening slowly. Yeah, a lot of people are distracted by inflation, food shortages, you know, real problems. But the ruling class at Davos says, don't worry, it's all a part of the plan. We need to accept that there will be some pain in the process. Uh, the pace that we need will, uh, will open up for missteps. Mm -hmm. uh, it will open up for uh, shortages of energy. It will create inflationary pressures. And maybe we need to start talking about these that. These people are assholes and idiots. I, 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 can't, wow. I can't believe how stupid these people wow. are. Wow. They literally live in a bubble. Do you realize, this is what I want you folks to understand. A lot of people in the old space... Well, look at these fucking morons and think that these fucking morons have any sort of talent, intellect, power, or wherewithal. They don't. None of them are any sort of scientific experts in the specific industries that they want to all of a sudden control. None of them. Okay? And you have to also remember, these are a group of morons who literally gather together, leaders of the most broke, insolvent nations on God's green earth, Idiots who think money grows on trees, okay? And these assholes think they, they wield power. You have to understand what you're seeing before you are not powerful men. What you're seeing before you are idiots, are fucking morons who have been smelling their own shit for the last 50, 60 years. They, folks, let me explain something to you. The most dangerous phase of a collapse of an empire and I'm talking about the Anglo-American, the Western Empire as it stands today, is when that empire begins to smell its own bullshit, when it begins to believe its own bullshit. The rest of the world do not take these assholes seriously. They don't. Not in the least bit. But what these morons are going to be very adept at doing, and this is the only thing that you should be focused on, is breaking shit. Okay absolutely breaking things. They have no means, no wherewithal, no capacity to build anything. But to break, yes. They have no idea. They talk about these things. 
They forecast in a vacuum. They forecast in a vacuum. They literally sit there in their echo chambers. Oh, yes, there will be some pain during this process, but it will be okay. No, it wouldn't, asshole. Because what's going to happen to these morons is what's going to happen to what you see with people in Sri Lanka. And in Sri Lanka, they're going there burning politicians' houses down with their little limos. Over here in the U.S., we're going to fucking kill you. That's exactly what's going to happen. People, when they lose everything, they lose it. And just like Billy Boy Gates, who seems to forget the cream pie incident that happened to his face, not once, but not but twice, as he was walking to a building, that he had to go to the bathroom and compose himself because he's hit in the face. Billy Boy, you're lucky. You're lucky that that was Cool Whip and not a 3006. This is, this, is, this is the garden definition, folks, of, of echo chamber. And I'm not just saying that because, um, what do you call it? Because we disagree with them. It's, it reminds me of, of, I think I told you all about this. When I was in graduate school, we had the private investment, private equity uh, program or group of folks, alumni of the university I was attending, come in for an annual thing they do where they listen to various uh, business proposals. And the professor running this class warned us in advance and said, these are some of the most astute people you've ever met. And he went on to tell us, he said, um, a number of years ago, we had a group of students put together probably the finest business plan we ever saw. It was thought through from end to end. It was completely without any blemish of any kind. Their visual materials, the arguments they made, the research they developed was unbelievable for a national chain of fish taco uh, businesses with exit strategies and the whole thing bundled in. So this team goes in front of the, the group of investors and they walk through their presentation and there's you know some golf claps. One of the folks on the panel looks at all of them and goes, Has you, have you ever made a fish taco? And the team kind of looked at each other and they said, well, well, no. And the moderator goes, next. Exactly. <laughs> That's how I feel. That's how I feel about these people. Because <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. you've never, have your fingernails, uh, to quote Mike, uh, what's his name from Dirty Jobs, have your fingernails ever gotten dirty? Have you ever had to get a scrub brush to get underneath your fingernails to get the dirt out? Nope. I, don't, I don't think so. Plus, it's coming out now, and I know it's inflammatory, and it may not even be uh, true. But fly, there's data brother. coming out now that Klaus Schwab has connections to Nazi Germany. Of course, his dad. His dad, you don't have to look any further than his father, Eugene Wilhelm Schwab. Who was he? He was the master, he was the director of Eicher Weissensee. What's Eicher Weissensee? Huh? They were a turbine supplier to Nazi Germany. They used Jewish slave labor and the POW slave labor. And it's striking how Klaus and his, and his dad, Wilhelm, Eugene Wilhelm, Looks exactly similar. You 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 wonder where this this superiority complex comes from, right? Probably, probably due to insecurity, but you know, Absolutely. I'd need a clinical therapist to make that evaluation. So yeah, uh, there's that. <laughs> Bunch of mo- you, you think Putin and Xi? You think you think the Chinese, the Russians, the Indians are sitting around? China, Russia, and India—three countries whose economies combined, real economies. Real GDP numbers, real physical production dwarfs the entire fucking West, United States included. United States included. You think they're sitting around worrying about what these fuckers are doing? 
Hell no. Not at all. Not well, at as all. I, as I said earlier in today's show, from where does their authority stem? It, they have no authority other than Correct. the part that will get us accused of being conspiracy theorists, which doesn't mean it's not a conspiracy. Um, I always love it when people say things to me like, well, that sounds like a conspiracy theory. And it's like, oh, you mean like when we were irradiating African-Americans in St. Louis from a water tower that was converted over to spray them with radioactive water because they were considered expendable in the American economy or any of the stuff down at Tuskegee with African-Americans or the Native Americans out West that were still looking for the graves of children who died mysteriously, you know, those conspiracies. But anyway, yep. Um, so moving on to another conspiracy, uh, Dr. Mary's monkey. Uh, my thanks to dad solo 17 on discord for reminding me of the following. Cause I had completely forgotten about this one. This is in relation to the monkey pox thing. Um, some of you may be familiar with, with this story. Some of you not. Um, this is about the, the mysterious death of Dr. Mary Sherman in the summer of 64. Um, there's a book available on Amazon by the same name, Dr. Mary's Monkey, by an author named Edward Haslam. came out in 2007. There's also an updated version of the book uh, available. George Norrie on Coast to Coast. I've lost track of how many times George has had people on talking about this topic. Uh, there's a number of other books out there that have been written on the subject or had her included as part of the, you know, the overall narrative of the book. This story is one of those things where even in the alternative space, some of us have a hard time believing all the different elements of what's involved because it's like, wait a minute, you got to be kidding me. She was a medical researcher involved in cancer research and at one point found herself working in, of all places, New Orleans. She died in the summer of 64, which was interesting given what, what occurred in November of 63, JFK's death. The Warren Commission was en route to New Orleans as part of their investigation into JFK's death when she was found dead. Uh, she was one of the people, supposedly, they wanted to talk to. Now, it appeared she died at work, but her body was apparently moved back to her residence and made to look like she was murdered there. Or she was murdered someplace else, a la Vince Foster, and that her body was moved. This topic has everything, including David Ferry. Yes, the Joe Pesci uh, David Ferry from the movie JFK, because Ferry was also working on cancer research in New Orleans at the same time with uh, this doctor. Now, some say she discovered polio vaccines were causing cancer, and others say she was involved in bioweapons research. There are a plethora of connections to John F. Kennedy and the various players in, in the supposed assassination of him. Um, her death could even be a follow-on to the Oliver Stone JFK movie. So why are we bringing this up? Because there's, there are those who believe the research that she was involved in eventually led to a weaponized disease that we know as AIDS and even eventually leads us to COVID. And what is taking place as I am speaking to all of you today, um, there have always been beliefs that the original polio vaccines, and of course, if you look back, into that era. I mean, polio was a god-awful disease. It was very widespread. Um, it was horrible what it, what it did to people. The original polio vaccines were developed from the brains of monkeys. And just this week, we've got stories circulating saying that monkeypox symptoms may in fact be yet another side effect of the Pfizer shot. So stay tuned. Oh, yeah. So let's see here. I'm going to show a graphic. This is the Patrick Ryan graphic I showed you guys on March 5th of this year. 
and he's got some new check marks in there. Um, we've got three new areas here. Bear with me just a second while I open this. Wait, I've already got it open. Forgive me, CJ, when, <laughs> when we switch formats like this. I just have to do a double take. Okay, can you see? Whoops, wrong one. Can you see the screen? I don't. I don't see it enabled yet. It's not showing at the bottom of the screens. I don't see it. Hit it one more time. Share screen. Hang on. Oh, I see what I did. All right, hang on. There it is. Okay, hang on. Can you see that? Yes, yes it's there. Okay. So if you folks will look at this image, this is the same image I showed you uh, last March. Um, he's added check marks. So the check marks he added were cyber attacks, riots, and unfortunately, mass starvation. Now, you all might recall when we walked through this last March. This was the relationship. And again, I know some folks, and I said this at the time, are scratching their heads saying, wait a minute, what, what is the correlation between the Gisley and Maxwell Toronto? What's going on right now and Bill Gates and this and the other? We've been kind of getting into that on some prior shows. We're not as concerned necessarily at the moment about what's down here about her trial, although it does relate. But he has been slowly adding checks to this image. And he came up with this image like last January. So... This is a touch frightening because he's added the riot. And I don't think just he's speaking of Sri Lanka. I think we got possibly other things coming. The cyber attack thing, we've talked about that extensively. And then last week we were talking about uh, the power grid and a number of other areas that are either rumored to or uh, will eventually get to, um, what do you call it, further cyber attacks against the power grid. Uh, the only two items that are left, because it's rather ironic that we got to mass starvation before these two occurred, is total communication disruptions and semantic collapse. But the mass starvation one, I don't say that lightly, and I don't think he does either. I mean, this goes to the fertilizer topic, this goes to the food supply topic, that goes to, we've been talking here on Rogue, and it's not just us, I, Mike Moore has done it far more than we have about what other resources are available, how do you prepare, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not saying those of us in the Western nations might, might skip a bullet, but I think for those of us in North America and Western Europe, it may come down to a function of which, which foods are not available, but you have food available. You, you have other countries where there, there may be no food available, and we'll, we'll have to see. Sri Lanka could even be a test case. Who knows? But I did want to raise that that Patrick Ryan has has brought that up and he's updated that that grid with more of his his take on it. Um, the other thing Patrick has been talking about a lot lately is he's been doing his own forensics examinations and has other people out there helping him examine the data on Twitter. And he had been raising the question, who's been attacking Elon Musk? And I think at this point, it's pretty apparent who that is. It's Bill Gates. Now, this conflict isn't about the two of them as, as billionaires going at it necessarily. 
it's more about the people that are in parallel and behind the two of them, both Elon Musk and Bill. It is true, though, that Bill, through his charities and so on, is throwing millions of dollars at trying to stop Elon from purchasing Twitter and to attack his reputation and to attack uh, Tesla and other businesses that Elon's involved in. I posted an article on the 25th of this week from Press United that has uh, quite a bit of detail about what Bill Gates has been doing via the media and so on to go after uh, Elon Musk about this. And as, as we've said on other shows, the, the deeper aspect of this story, folks, is um, the deeper aspect of the story is, is that um, what really is, is the deal with Twitter? And how far down does the rabbit hole go about the degree to which Twitter was weaponized by intelligence agencies? And then for that matter, how much of the rest of social media sites had the same thing happen? Uh, because there's no doubt that they, they all were weaponized. And it begs the question, how far does Elon Musk want to go in revealing that? And or now that he's opened the door a bit, um, because certainly Patrick Ryan, and it's not just Patrick, there are others doing it, but Patrick is at least a person who, who A, we know his work, B, we know he's good at it, and C, he knows how to use the right resources to do it. But Patrick has certainly been firing up his own algorithms. He's had other researchers out there helping him. And they're digging into how Twitter functions. You might recall my comment last week about changing your settings to make sure that you're getting uh, more current uh, postings and things versus versus uh, media content sent to you. So with that, let's turn our attention to President Obama. The thing to keep in mind with this topic about any of our presidents is that ever since John F. Kennedy and LBJ, pretty much everybody in the White House has been on the payroll of the U.S. intelligence community or blackmailed by them. Now, yes, the Kennedys were a power unto themselves, especially given their father, Joe Kennedy's uh, connections. Uh, equally, Joe made a lot of money during Prohibition, running alcohol up and down the East Coast. Uh, my relatives were running a tavern. And the story that used to go around a lot of America at that time was, was that Joe's alcohol was bad. It was causing night blindness. Um, then we've got Lyndon Johnson, who certainly was the son of a bitch, but he had a powerful lock on the state of Texas, and Texas is always going to have a lock on American politics. Then from Dick Nixon onward, everybody except possibly Ronald Reagan was, for lack of a better word, either groomed by the agency uh, or put there, and that's, at this point, almost provable. And as far as Reagan's concerned, I'm pretty sure he got the message to the effect of the last bullet didn't kill you, but I'm sure the next one, next one's going to. So the following is just kind of a scratching of the surface. It's, it's not the whole Happy Meal of, of this topic. Former President uh, Obama's family ties to the intelligence community go back quite a ways. Uh, his grandmother, Madeline, was a vice president of the Bank of Hawaii. She managed the escrow accounts to uh, pay Americans and American firms working in a number of hotspots in Asia. Those included Indonesia, Taiwan, the Philippines, and South Korea often through CIA intermediaries. The Bank of Hawaii has been well-documented having interactions with banks the CIA used to launder funds like the Nugent Hand Bank and BCCI. His mom, Ann Dunham, worked for the U.S. government agencies and NGOs like the Ford Foundation, Asia Foundation, and USAID in Indonesia in the 60s and 70s. She was also involved in Nepal, Bangladesh, Pakistan, India, and Thailand. Her boss at USAID 
was Dr. Donald Gordon, who was later identified as a longtime CIA officer. Another of her bosses was Peter Geithner. Yes, that Geithner, the father of the future Treasury Secretary. Uh, Anne was sent to Indonesia right when General Suharto led a military coup in the country. Uh, I've referenced this on other shows. There were a number of roundups of opposition in Indonesia following that coup. And it's estimated as many as 2 million, 2 million people were executed. Uh, Even Chile didn't get that bad under Pinochet, and that's saying something. So that's the reason why I keep bringing up this thing about Indonesia, because it wasn't just after Suharto. Death squads and related kept operating in Indonesia for years. Uh, the fact that the people of Indonesia are not blowing up stuff in the United States on a daily basis is, is a damn miracle. Um, it has been argued that his mother was a CIA agent, although definitive proof of that is elusive. His mom married an Indonesian lieutenant colonel named Lolo Sotero. Some of you probably heard that name. Rumors are she was told to marry him as part of a CIA honeypot uh, to secure U.S. interests in Indonesia. Uh, Sotero was no low-ranking military officer. He came from a powerful and aristocratic family in Indonesia. Uh, He eventually left the military and became an executive at Mobile Oil. What are the odds? Um, Barack's Kenyan biological father, Obama Sr., was knee-deep in various goings-on in Kenyan politics and strongly tied to working with the U.S. government and intelligence agencies. Much like uh, Muammar Gaddafi's efforts in Libya about a pan-African economic alliance or economic union, uh, Kenya was also part of that, and Obama Sr. was involved in efforts by the U.S. government to prevent that from happening. His biological dad uh, died in a car accident in '82. There's rumors that Obama Sr. was not his real father, but instead an activist named Frank Marshall Davis. Uh, former President Obama essentially yeah, acknowledged I heard that, that as well uh, in one of his Davis. memoirs. Yeah, Marshall Davis uh, connection. Uh, Judge Joe Brown and others have said there's data indicating Lolo Sotero was the Bush family point of contact managing death squads in Indonesia to protect their oil interests. Uh, according to that narrative, uh, young Barack Obama would wait outside at the Bush family estate. He'd wait outside the main office there for, for Bush Sr. And Bush Sr. would always give Barack a piece of candy while he waited. And this supposedly is the backstory why George W. Bush always gives Michelle Obama a small piece of candy whenever they meet. Now, you can see this. There's a ton of film clips on YouTube and other places that show George Bush, uh, George W. Bush handing out candy to Michelle or, or like clasping her hands or whatever. You can even see it at, at George H. Bush's funeral where they were sitting in the audience and he, he slipped her a piece of candy. Supposedly, that's the backstory about what that was. The official addresses listed in Hawaii for for the former president when he was growing up are very wealthy neighborhoods. He also attended very prestigious schools where just having the money alone is not enough to get you in there. Um, Barack Obama tends to omit his published biographies, his early work for a firm called Business International Corporation, or BIC. It was a Manhattan-based consulting practice to some of the largest corporations we have in the United States. Uh, as you might have guessed, uh, BCI was also heavily connected to the CIA. He also doesn't speak much about in his books or comments he makes that he has extensive connections to the Pritzker and Crown families. Uh, the Crown family owns a large stake in General Dynamics, the defense contractor. Uh, during his presidency, uh, General Dynamics acquired 11 firms, mostly in the intelligence field. Uh, my own personal note on that is you'll probably be aware that no government agency raised any concerns about 
you know, monopoly practices and that happening. Um, the Crown family is also involved in several banking and finance firms, all of whom have provided the Obamas rather generous loans at low to no interest. Um, the Pritzkers are also big in banking and have provided lines of credit to the Obamas. One of the Pritzkers, in fact, served as his finance chair on his election campaigns. And you got that Pritzker right now who's governor. Right. And the Pritzkers, guess what, also have a long history with the CIA. Uh, when Barack was a U.S. senator, he helped to establish a level three bio- biological lab in the... Um, Indonesia. No. China? Ukraine. Ooh, that's right. Oh, yeah, right, right. Ukraine. The original, the original bio labs in Ukraine were facilitated when he was still a senator. Uh, you can't make this shit up. Uh, no Republican on this earth can hold a candle to the assassination programs under Obama's administration. They used to have the, the what did they call them, like the Thursday kill lunches or whatever, where they would pull out a list of people they wanted taken out, and then our, our drones would go go do that. Yep. Um, Operation Timber. They call him Barack Drone Obama. Yeah. A operation known as Timber Sycamore was the name of the $1 billion program to arm militants against Assad in Syria and keep the war uh, churning. Nice. Aptly named after uh, George, uh, the Afri- aptly named after the Bush family. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, we have General Joseph Votel, who was the head of SOCOM, a.k.a. Uh, Special Operations Command. That's one of the co-commands I've talked to you all about, Eurocom, AFRICOM. SOCOM is different because they are not focused on geographic area. They're the military co-command for all special operations are based down there in Florida. General Joseph Votel described Obama's time as a golden age for special operations. Uh, I can also tell you from firsthand experience, given some of the engineering work I was doing with, with Department of Defense Laboratories at that time, that there was considerable money being spent. Uh, Matthew Eretz's recent work, uh, Matthew has identified uh, there is, of course, a Lord Malik Brown connection to having influence on Barack Obama, just as he does with George Soros and others. There were articles on the London Times describing the length of their relationship and also the fact that Lord Malik Brown provided funding for Barack Obama's campaigns as far back as his Senate run. We could probably do a show just on his Senate run, given the weirdness with what happened with the candidate that was, was taken out, the Republican candidate that was short, taken out shortly before uh, uh, shortly before Barack ran for office. This involves the actress from um, Star Trek uh, Voyager, um, the, the blonde actress. She was the wife at the time of, of that senator. They had been divorced. Their divorce proceedings were sealed. And then somehow or other, sealed detail of that got released shortly before the election his his base turned on him and barack was able to to take office um president obama has been described as having the closest relationship with the intelligence community there's ever been uh he has a very strong bond with cia director john brennan who was the former cia chief in saudi arabia twitter i'm looking in your direction uh, he funded the National Endowment for Democracy, which basically is an organization that promotes regime change in problem countries. Those countries are often the ones opposing the goals of the World Economic Forum or private equity or anybody in the digital economy crowd. School of the Americas. Indeed. Well, and the funny thing is, is the School of the Americas has an affiliate in Hawaii. Yep. Uh, the Hawaiian affiliate focuses on on Asia. Yeah, they, and- they were the ones that was the main operation center 
when they did Operation Yellowbird at that time in Burma. Yes. Which didn't work out so well. And then they moved those operations of Operation Yellowbird to Hong Kong in the late 80s. And we saw the manifestation or the finished project or the product, excuse me, of Operation Yellowbird in what we know today as Tiananmen Square. Uh, also, revolutionary. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. No, it was hobo sermons. Hobo sermons. Uh, you're correct. It's Jerry Ryan. That's who I was thinking of. It was Jerry Ryan. It was Con- it was uh, Senator Ryan. Was was her ex husband? Um, yeah, that's a whole lot of weirdness with that whole thing. Um, last last data point is the former president also has considerable funds at his disposal, not just from people like Lord Mount Brown. Uh, the source of that wealth is a private trust set up in Indonesia by Lolo Sotero that he left to the former president when he died. It's one of the reasons why the Obamas are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. That's the primary source of, of that funding. The other little data point that I'd, uh, you might find amusing is, is that um, there's a whole lot of weirdness around former President Obama's library uh, that's being built. Uh, everything from the deal to get it built, where it was built, all sorts of, of uh, normal rules and procedures around constructing a site like that were bypassed. Uh, but the big one is, is his presidential library is going to be the only one that doesn't contain any of his papers from his presidency. And no one really seems to be able to explain why that is. So this concludes this week's show, V and CJ. I'll open the floor to you guys. Now, great, great run of events, my man. Great run of events. Succinct as possible. Very well detailed. Folks, this is something you need to go back and listen to again. We are under siege warfare. I mean, every time you've come on, you've detailed everything with what's going on here within the U.S. with what these other idiots are doing in the West. They're literally trying to choke the hell out of us right now. That's exactly the image that I'm getting, fellas. We are under siege warfare, and that's the picture that I'm getting. Well, we've been under siege for, for a while. Uh, yeah. The problem is, is it only became apparent the last few years. Um, yeah, and as I, as I often try and say on these shows, folks, um, don't get disheartened. Don't get depressed. Uh, I know this is rough, but, you know, we, we have our own resources in the field. We have an extensive amount of the legal uh, structure of this country that's at our, at our disposal. Um, you know, it's funny. I know it's been said on Rogue many times about, especially by Gus, about they're going to do everything they can to go after firearm ownership. That became even more apparent to them after what happened during COVID. Yeah. I agree with that. Of course, what equally is ironic to me is, is that the weapon that's far more dangerous than the firearms we own, at least right now, although it's important, is the U.S. Constitution. You know, it goes to my comment about people who quote from the Bible but have rarely ever read it. Um, it's the same thing with the Constitution. I mean, you can, you can send away or go online or whatever and get a copy, a printed copy of the U.S. Constitution. Um, it, it is worth reading. <laughs> it, it really is worth reading. Um, I've, I've known many folks who've been surprised when they read through that document and find it's like, well, I know it's in the constitution, but I couldn't, I couldn't possibly use that in court. And it's like, have you, have you seen what's on the wall in most courtrooms? I mean, it's the U S constitution. I mean, that's, that's what the hell this shit is based on, but there's a lot of discovery, uh, that is available through what we do here at Rogue and a number of other folks in the alternative community. Um, the other thing as we open the show is these idiots are so 
committed to their own arrogance that they'll flat out tell us what the hell they're doing. Yeah, exactly. On a sidebar, uh, I'd like to thank all of you for the feedback I got on the Tuesday show uh, that I did on the archaeology and and kind of hidden or lost ancient history topic. Uh, obviously, I'm going to have to go back to that subject matter a little earlier than I thought. Um, I was I was joking with V and CJ that it reminded me of my conversation with Giorgio Sukalos from Ancient Aliens when I met him at a conference where I asked him and said, what's one of the things that frustrates you you know, beyond the, the personal attacks you're constantly taking about the show you do. And he looks at me and he goes, Bigfoot. I said, what? And he goes, he goes, I keep trying. He goes, yeah, the hair. I know as, as he's got this girl adjusting his hair for the, for the big poof on his head. Mm-hmm. But he looks at me and he goes, he goes, I'm still trying to do some serious archeological work out there. And he goes, and like, I'm trying to get back to Bolivia. I'm trying to get back to Peru. I'm trying to find, you know, some new sites in Lebanon. And he goes, network keeps calling me going, no, we're going to have to do another Bigfoot show. Uh, Cause boy, the fans really love Bigfoot and we can sell a lot of advertising time if we do another Bigfoot show. So I was joking with V and CJ earlier this week that I said, uh, and I'm being snarky and I'm joking with all of you when I say this, but it's like, I'm trying to warn our audience <laughs> that they're trying to put a computer chip in our heads. And we've had a slow, gradual build of all of you and others who've taken an interest in this. But man, I start talking about pyramids, and all of a sudden, my uh, my message board's going off on Discord. Hey, have you ever read this book? Uh, do you know about this guy? And all of that is good stuff because I've had some great conversations with all of you about some of the material that you've all been digging through. And there were some folks out there I'd, I'd never heard of, which which is what I alluded to in that show. That there's just a lot of folks in that in that subject matter. You know, CJ and I are looking to shift gears into Bigfoot. Are we not, CJ? It's time. It's time. It's time. I think we're leaving politics behind. We're going to go into cryptozoology. In fact, uh, this time next year, we're going to be in Loch Ness. Uh, CJ will be holding my head underwater as I'm looking for Loch Ness, as I'm looking for Nessie. We're, we're on a rowboat. <laughs> and um, then, of course, the great Pacific Northwest. Uh, we will you know, track down the very spot where the Patterson-Gimlin film was taken, the 34-millimeter and uh, we're going to find out what's really going on. And more importantly, Velas, you know, the latest research by former detective David Polides on Missing 411. Have you heard about that? No. Okay. Missing 411. If you get an opportunity to watch anyone. Oh, wait a minute. Is this about the kids that are missing in state parks? Yes. And adults. Like, like yes. John, oh, God. Oh, God. Yes. 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 We could do a whole show on that. Oh, my God. Dude. It is unbelievable. It's not just, it's like their clothes are folded perfectly, put in a corner, no sign of the body. Weird weather anomalies would happen. Uh, tracking dogs, they just lose the scent. I mean, just the craziest shit, man. It even is happening to hunters, guys who are former military, right. law enforcement background, they're experienced hunter, experienced woodsman. They yes, go people who know their way in the outdoors. Exactly. They turn around, hey, Frank, are you? He's gone. What? Where's Frank? Vanished. Gone. Yeah, there's there's a correlation with it. It could be several things too that's behind that. And and again, we got to go back to uh, the amazing Polly. You know, she did. Uh, there's others out there who've done it, but but she did three separate programs about that either covered uh, entirely or in part uh, the group known as the Finders, um, which appears to have connections to the CIA and the MK Ultra program and similar. And that's some of what is going on out with those kids being abducted goes back to groups like that but yeah it's it's 
it, it's it's a topic that's real. It's a topic that's been going on. There's a documentary out there that that a family member of mine said, "Whoa, you got to check this out." Um, yeah, holy crap! Oh, but we're gonna go actually capture a Bigfoot. Oh, yeah, I'd love to do that myself, man. <laughs> you know, I I think the strategy is. See, what do you think? Of the tra- we hit them with a slingshot and then we run and scream. Then that should bring them towards us. Is that how it goes? Potentially, yes. Potentially, yes. I mean, that that could be one. I mean, um, maybe maybe the woke community could perhaps maybe provide some insights as to how to capture a, a Bigfoot. You know, maybe it's maybe it's wearing uh, you know dyeing your hair pink. You know, something like that. I don't know. That's just another example of the patriarchy that you would want to bother a Bigfoot in its natural <laughs> habitat. Of course, the thing is, is I've been up to Loch Ness in Scotland, and I hate to say this, um, they, they've turned it into Dollywood. I mean, it's just a big marketed. <laughs> I mean, I have I have visions of my Scottish relatives standing on a hillside going, this is not what we intended. Let's go move Nessie to a different lake and, and <laughs> get it out of here. Um, it's a shame what, what, what they've done to it up there. I got some. Here's a little clip. Here we go. I'm gonna play this real quick. Play three minutes. The first time I ever heard anything was later in '71. I came back up with the guys. And, Did you hear that, Siege? And uh, a little more volume. Yeah. Uh, I think it's up all the way. Okay. Yeah. Right, let me let me see what it. Let me see what Just I play. can do. Oh, hold on. Okay. Hitting play. We was uh, here by the stove. There was a stove here and there. <laughs> And uh, as soon as it starts getting dark, we'd go in. Sometimes you might hear a grunt or a whoop or a big blowing sound or something like that. And that's when you know you want to get inside the shelter because you still don't know what you're dealing with. Whatever it is, it's big, very, very big. We all go inside, close the shelter door, and that's a wall that we put between these trees. And we'd strap it inside a cable. And then, uh, then they would start making their sounds. And that was in 71 when I first started hearing them. And we started recording them. I wish the sound was higher. You hear that? They're like talking. Yeah. It's language. I've heard some of the other clips that are out there, and they are they are pretty weird. They're very strange, man. I've had people that did a sound analysis that I checked out. It doesn't fit any animal. In North America at all. Closest thing would be a primate of some sort. Right. N- nice one, Balage guy. It's the man bear pig. Yes, that's who it is. <laughs> man. It's Al Gore dressed up as the man bear pig. <laughs> that's what it is. Strange things, man. Strange things. Indeed. Strange times. Strange, strange things. Well, if it gets really bad, I'm heading to the woods and. Um, I'm going to be living with Sasquatch. Or CJ and I launch our reverse coyote service. Reverse coyote, that's reverse right. Reverse coyote, that's what it's called. It's uh, we take Americans into the Mexican border. Yes. 
Well, first, and we, first, first we got to get Matthew Matthew across the border out of Canada, and ah, then from there, we can... that's going to be a challenge. That's going to. Oh be a come challenge. on! You know as well as I do. I was I was joking with Matthew about this uh, offline that that I said there's plenty of places in rural Wisconsin that I can get you across the border. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> there's all deer trails and stuff up there. I remember as a kid. I, I'm like I can get you out of Canada. The question is how serious are we about doing it? <laughs> I'll have CJ meet us at the truck stop. Yeah. That'll work. <laughs> anyway, Dallas, thank you so much, man. Great show today, folks. Thank you all for listening in. We will have Andre Martinov going to be joining three us today o'clock. at 3 p.m. He's going to put everything into perspective. And if you haven't got Andre's book, if you haven't downloaded it on your Audible and listened to it, you are missing out, man. The audible on losing military supremacy, uh, amazingly narrated. Amazingly narrated. The the all three books are fantastic. I have them, love them. Amazing. The the incomparable Andre Martinov. Three p.m. today. Be there or be square or be nowhere. And that's about it. And that being said, CJ, take it away. 